0: Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my guest today is Mark Salino, the CEO of Statement Games. Statement Games is a gaming platform that is based around real life sports and the opportunity to win real things kind of easy it is a lot of fun i got to play with it a little bit unfortunately there's not too much too many sports going on right now so we haven't really been able to dive into it but it was a lot of fun to get to talk to mark learn how this was a family game that him and you know his family members used to play all the time and how he's been able to turn it into a business and a real opportunity for himself and for fans as i said to actually win some stuff so i hope you guys enjoy this conversation i have with mark salino yes. today's special guest we have mark solino oh shoot did i say that wrong Solino you said it right that's good
1: i'll take it yeah
0: my italian grandmother would be pretty disappointed mark solino ceo of statement games mark appreciate you hanging out with me today man
1: yeah i appreciate you taking a couple minutes uh it's gonna be a lot of fun being here
0: it should be fun. It should be fun. I get to ask you some questions. We're both wearing giant sweatshirts, man. I don't know how it could. The only thing that would make it better is if we both both wear Mets sweatshirts, but something tells me you're a Yankees fan. Uh,
1: yeah, I got it.
0: Uh, would you look at that? I, didn't... I just had a, I had a hunch. I had a hunch. Look at that. Mark, the first question I have hey, for everyone. Hey, perfect, you know? Perfect, on... you know? <laughs> you're, you're right. I'm, I'm far from it. I'm far from it. Um, first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much?
1: I don't think I had much of a choice. I mean, my, my mother used to, kind of make fun of me and my brother and I all the time. And she said, you know what, I'm not sure what your father would have done if you guys didn't grow up and gravitate to all the sports that, uh, that he likes and, mm-hmm. and was interested in. So from a sports perspective, I mean, it's something that it was a lot of fun. Uh, my brother and I grew up in a very big sports oriented family. And like I said here, I don't think we had much of a choice from, from birth on, <laughs> uh, having a non-interest in sports.
0: Exactly. I was pretty much the same way. Weirdly enough, my dad actually hates sports. Um, He's a big Chargers fan, but that's only because he loved Dan Fouts. Um, And other than that, he couldn't care less about baseball. That's by far my favorite sport. Uh, But every Sunday, you know, I'll go over there. He'll he'll have his smoker out. We'll start making some ribs, and we'll hang out for I don't know seven hours and watch a bunch of football. So that's same exact thing if it wasn't for that I really wouldn't have anything to talk to my family in at all so thankfully we have something um, and did you did you always want the i mean growing up in sports in that in that environment did you always want to work in sports too
1: um i'm not sure if I wanted to work in sports I always wanted to be an athlete or, or play sports. I learned that pretty quickly in my sporting career that it wasn't necessarily in the courts for me but i held on to the dream as long as i possibly could i guess we'll get into it a little bit you know further but the whole concept of statement games it's actually a family-oriented concept so uh, it's, it's a game and a thing that we've actually been playing within my family since we were kids as i progressed in my business career i just said hey you know what this concept that i used to stick around like the family this is this is a game and it's a great way for for us to break into the sports industry so I, I kind of pretty much like took it and ran with it
0: I think it is pretty cool as I was telling you I was playing around a little bit today unfortunately with no sports being on right now uh, it's a little bare but I'm sure when it comes to uh, NFL season and won the NBA and the everything kind of rolls back around I'm really excited to uh to win to win a little bit because I feel like I mean every sports fan has that confidence right that's why we're sports fans
1: you know Everyone wants to be right or everybody thinks that they're right. That's exactly. kind of like the beauty of sports and where now you kind of have an opportunity to, to prove it, whether it's through a product like my own or Hey, there's a number of different products that are on the market you know, place right now, whether it be some of the traditional fantasy operators or some of the more mainstream gaming operators that are coming online.
0: It's fun. It is always fun stuff. And adding a little skin in the game never hurt, right? That always makes it a little bit more enjoyable. So you obviously had a pretty impressive career. Um, and then you decided to start your own company. Uh, not even statement games. You uh, started the the Solino Group, um, where you do a bunch of digital marketing. What was the where where, where did this entrepreneurial background come from? And wanting to not you know before starting a second company, uh, why why exactly yeah, did you sure. start the first?
1: Well, I actually started the first with the second one kind of in mind. So I've always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial you know background. Um, even when I was working in my corporate days, it was professional sales, business development here, which is in a way you're, you're kind of running your own one-man company, you're just doing it within the umbrella of, of, a, of somebody else's framework. So the whole concept behind uh, Statement Games, I'm sorry, behind Selena Group was, hey, you know what, I got this idea, I spent a lot of time and I wanted to protect it intellectually. So basically, the intellectual property that we had of Statement Games was actually formed and created underneath the Salino Group umbrella. There was some other little small consulting projects that I've actually done underneath that umbrella as well, but Once you start going out into the business world and raising capital for your main mainstream business, that intellectual property that you have warehoused under a separate company, well, that's uh, very easily going to go away once you start taking dollars from professional investors because they want to see that that IP is is under the the main framework of the company that you're pursuing.
0: Okay, so it's more of uh, legal aspects and financial aspects, I guess?
1: basically we had, we had the idea behind, you know, statement games here before you even wrote like a lot of code here. I want to make sure that we were solidifying and securing copyrights, trademarks. And there was actually a patent application that we, we filed behind the statement games system and process that we we're looking to develop. So uh, we actually took that step first and uh, all of those assets, you know, resided underneath the Salino group umbrella. Um, and I always kind of like, you know, did it in the sense that, Hey, you know what, in the event that I never brought Statement Games to fruition or if something, God forbid, ever happened to Statement Games, I'd also, I'd be able to hold on to the intellectual property that be that I created behind the concept. So uh, that was the main driver or the reason behind creating the Salino group um, and, and how it segues and, and mm-hmm. ties into uh, Statement Games.
0: Okay, very cool. That's actually really interesting to know. Um, I, here, I thought it was a separate company that you were kind of working on and working with and then had this cool idea along the way, but it turns out it was there the whole time and you had to, do the, uh, the, the legal or the financial legwork, um, which I know nothing about. So, who <laughs> cause I probably would have just rolled in and been like, all right, let's, let's do this. Um, and probably messed it all up at that point. So thankfully there are people like you on planet earth. So yeah, let's talk about it. What exactly is statement games?
1: Sure. So I guess there's a couple of different stories that we actually tell from, um, perfect. I guess to simplify things, I'll see if I can make it as easy as possible, but, Statement games from a B2C perspective or who we are to, to gamers or to consumers. And that's, that's really kind of like, you know, all it is. Uh, we're just a game. We're a game. We got a little bit of a different twist on, on fantasy sports. So we've come up with a system and a process on uh, something that's a little bit different from the traditional norm that's out there today. Uh, what the company does is we create individual tournaments around specific sporting events. For example, the giants are playing the Eagles. I will present the end user or the user who wants to play our game with a list of props or prop bets that are specific to that individual sporting event or hence the company name statements statements that are associated with that sporting event. The consumer takes a look at the list and picks 10 of them. Uh, There could be statements such as Daniel Jones over under 275 yards pass. The Philadelphia Eagles over under two and a half sacks for the game. They're all broken out by, by categories. The end user goes to the list and picks 10 of them um, and ranks their picks in order of confidence from 10 through 1. So as that sporting event plays out, should their number 10 pick become correct, they're going to get 10 points. Mm-hmm. If 9 through 1 are incorrect, well, now they just have a total of 10 points. Um, they're going no, like... a league of anywhere between 8 to 12 so, people. Okay. I'm sorry, again.
0: No, I was going to say, I really like the concept. I actually, uh, when I was really young, my dad was in a confidence point pool where, you know, every single game, every week you gave it, you know, 16 and on weeks when all the teams play 16 through one, and you just kind of rank who you think, you know, who are the Jets going to beat the Chargers? Um, That one sticks out in my mind because it was from like 2005 and my dad's a huge Chargers fan, as I said. So he always picks the Chargers, even if they were terrible. Um, and I picked the Jets by mistake as his number, like his his most confident. And he lost uh, that week because his most confident didn't land, which he should have had. And actually, it ended up he lost the season because of that. He was within like 16 points of first place, or or like 14 points. So he lost probably a collective like 2,500 dollars because I mistakenly put in one of his picks wrong. So, so you blew uh, it for him. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, solid $2,500. He wasn't as mad as I would have been uh, kind (laughs) of looking back on it, but it's very interesting. And I just think those confidence, that adds that extra layer, right? Like just being able to make 10 picks, right? People can do that. But when you start to add the layer and the confidence, I think that's what's really, really cool about your product.
1: No, I appreciate it. And, And tying it back in with like the family, the whole premise of this came up here is because, hey, you know what? Growing up as a kid, me and my brother were taught one thing and one thing only. You watch the Giants, you watch the Yankees, the Rangers, and the Knicks, and, and that was and that was it. Well, me and my brother really took it to to a to a different level. It was a complete different extreme. So when we were kids, every single year, we used to make this trip up to uh, to Boston for uh, for Thanksgiving. We had an aunt and an uncle who lived there, and there'd literally be, you know, 12, 13 people sitting kind of like, you know, in a house getting ready for like Thanksgiving. Well, when you're younger, you don't necessarily want to watch football, you want to play. So we mm-hmm. wanted to go outside and throw the ball around. And my dad wanted to sit down and, and watch the game. But all of us kids were, were driving, driving everybody nuts. So in an effort to get us engaged with something that was other than the Giants, my dad came up with this game. He literally took out a sheet of paper, pulled all the family members into a corner of the room. He got everyone to throw in like a buck, which we probably got from like my mom or something like that. Yeah. I remember the first time that we actually played. It was uh, the Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears he'd start asking you questions. All right, Barry Sanders, over under 100 yards rushing. I remember Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback of the Bears on that day as well. So Jim Harbaugh, over under 250 yards fast. You went through dad's list and next thing you know, you have you know this room full of people, uh, girls, guys, kids, all kind of you know, locked into. At the time, you know the, the Lions really weren't that good and neither were the Bears, but mm-hmm. now we're kind of Really invested in and uh, you know locked into this Bears Detroit Lions game for what the opportunity to maybe win thirteen or fourteen bucks. So uh, you know, fast forward, I, I spent a lot of time in areas of traditional advertising, direct mail, digital advertising, and marketing. And in two thousand and sixteen, I just said, hey, you know what? This whole concept of uh, dad's game is is a digital product. So I left the uh, the corporate space in October of 2016 and have been pursuing this pretty much ever since.
0: Good for you, man. Get out of that corporate grind. You deserve it. Uh, I think everybody deserves it. But until then, um, and I just think again, that it's such an interesting, like it is, shout out to your dad. Um, I would have loved to have sat down <laughs> just and drank a beer with that gentleman. I'm sure uh, he's got some cool stories to tell. Character. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a couple stories to tell. I would love to, love to hear a few of them uh, fly on the wall kind of stuff. And I guess like, again, I just think it's super cool how you were able to then take something that's been in your family for so long, because the passion is clearly there, right? Like if this is something you've been doing since you were a kid, like obviously, this is something that you care about. And how cool would it be if this became just uber, uber successful and your whole family can can look at that. And it's just like such a cool concept on how you (laughs) created it. I just love that fact. I think it's awesome.
1: Well, in my corporate days, I spent a lot of time working with application developers and, and gamers. And what I usually used to do is I used to you know, put together programs that actually connected, say, like their product with app stores, whether it be the Apple Store or Google Play or Samsung, so on and so forth. So if you ever maybe bought a game like Candy Crush and had that $0.99 cent or $1.99 charge placed on your phone bill, it was my company that you know, led the way at the time to facilitate a lot of those technologies. So it really came down to a point where, you know, you never get like the feeling where you get so worked up because you know you're walking into like, you know, a big meeting. I had enough of those experiences and where I'm walking into, you know, a a meeting with Candy Crush or a, a bowling game that would be picked up by EA later. And you think that the people that, well, the brains behind this game are these super intelligent, really smart people and, you get your suit, your tie on, and you walk into the meeting room. Next thing you know, it's literally a 22 year old kid who created this game in his mom's garage. And next thing you know, he's being bought out by EA. So I said, you know what? After going through enough of those experiences, I said, hey, you know what? If I don't take a shot on something like this now, it's something that I'm going to regret, kick myself over. So I'm not sure if I'm a genius or, or, or borderline crazy, but I, I walked away from my corporate dwellings uh, in October of 2016.
0: And I think there is a nice fine line between the two, right? Uh, between genius and uh, absolutely insane. And, I, and again, like why Crazy, not try?
1: stupid. Yeah, well, I've heard all of the above. But we'll yeah, see what
0: happens. Well, why not try though? I mean, worst case scenario, you lose a couple bucks and then you go back to work. Like, it's really, uh, you know, it's not, it's it's not like this awful end all be all. It's not like that your life's going to end if this thing doesn't work. But clearly it's been working. You're still around. I mean, you've been, I'm, I, I have written down on my paper, at least uh, from what I saw, it's almost your birthday or your uh, your company's birthday. I think April is where I saw at least on your LinkedIn profile. I don't know if that's just a random yeah, uh, random well, date, but. Uh...
1: That was kind of like right around the time and where everything was transitioned over from Selena Group into a Statement Games uh, name. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the company, I guess, birthday is. You know, it might actually be like tomorrow or something like that. Yeah, then, yes, my, my birthday is actually in March as well. So. Oh, wow. Happy
0: birthday to you too, Mark. Look Thank at that. Look at this. This is good stuff. Everybody's birthday. Um, My my brother, my dad, and my girlfriend all have a birthday in March too. So I'll we'll just add you nice. to the list. I'll all make right. sure to add you to that text message chain and we'll be good to go from there. All um, right. So how, how has the game changed over the last couple of years? Because prop plays, prop bets, whatever we want to call them, uh-huh. everybody does them for the Super Bowl. And then throughout the year, people don't really do them as much. So I guess... What has what have the iterations looked like over the last couple of years, and how have you really tried to drive people to understand? You don't, you know, you could do prop bets in everything. It's not just the Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it was definitely kind of like you know interesting. I mean, I saw a lot of things here for the, because the company that I used to work for in the co- in my old corporate days here was was a UK based company. So uh, anywhere between three or four times a year, I was over in London working on various different projects, and that's just you know, where I had to be because that's where the company was located. But seeing kind of like, you know, the culture and what those guys do. What you kind of like said, they bet on everything. Uh, political elections, you know, soccer games and having the opportunity to, to, to go with them and, and to see how the gamification actually took place from when you're either in a bar or a restaurant or, or in, a, in, in a stadium, how, how the interaction and, and what that actually does. So that was really a primary driver for, for when we created the product. Um, the different iterations that we've actually gone through. I mean, when we first launched this thing in November of 2017, extremely buggy. I, I wish I can say that we deployed kind of like a perfect product, but uh, over the you know over time, it's a, it, it, still it, it it gets better pretty much like every single day. And the big iteration that we've recently have gone through is the release of the applications that complement the web-based product, and that literally just took place this past. October, uh, September and October of 2019, so it's been a work in progress uh, getting to that stage here. Uh, We thought strategically it made sense from a technical perspective to get the core of our product defined, working, and stabilized in a HTML5 environment before Transitioning them over to the apps here. We wanted to, you know, get the product out there, get some people utilizing, capture some feedback, learn what they liked, what they didn't like, and things like that, and uh, and and go from there. So, I would say that the biggest transition that we've actually made is the migration or the addition of apps that complement the web based
0: environment. Mm -hmm. And that's great information. And I appreciate you letting us know that because that's it's always important, right? I don't want to go onto an app that sucks. Like it's just like the (laughs) easiest like that's the quickest way for me to stop doing something is if the app or the the website just doesn't work. It's so easy to click that X button and go right back to social media. It's super easy. So I guess so poor question asking on my side. So I do apologize about that. I appreciate you letting me know that information. But what I, I guess the question I was trying to ask is like how has the game itself what, have there been extra iterations of the game? Have you kind of changed the way it's been played or or what you can do or how you can do it? Or has it pretty much just been this straight? You know, you pick 10, 10 to, 10 to 1. Has that pretty much just been consistent or have you been able to change some things over time there?
1: Um, I would say that the um, types of props that we associate with the game have, have changed a little bit just to keep things kind of you know, fresh. The process of the playing the game um, has pretty much like stayed the same. But I guess a uh, big thing that we've added was... Um, I guess different alternative events. So, for mm-hmm. example, you know, our core one we launched has always been the NBA, the NFL, uh, Major League Baseball, and hockey. But uh, since then, we've kind of like you know, added some of the specialty events, whether it be a pay-per-view boxing or mm-hmm. wrestling or uh, UFC matches. So I would say uh, adding more alternative mainstream e- e- events mm-hmm. as uh, been a an evolution process of the company
0: very cool that is yeah i mean especially with some of these big events that you know come around every once in a while like like an election um you know this being an election year i'm sure you guys are finding a way to take advantage of what the heck's going to be going on there i'm sure there's some good stuff there (laughs) because i know especially again with with everything being shut down a little bit uh i think it got to the point where i actually put in a uh daily fantasy sports lineup. I want to say it was on FanDuel on words used in the democratic national. I saw that. Yeah. We were I do thinking
1: about that. Yep. But... And
0: I, I'm not a politics guy. i really hate all sides of it. So it, it is what it is, but it was something, <laughs> man. And I had to do something at that point. So it was just funny. And I, I appreciate, again, I think it was FanDuel just even coming up with the idea, giving me something to do. I didn't watch, but it was still fun to like pay attention to my app a little bit. And I guess, so where, where do you guys get these numbers? Is, is there a specific sports book that you have a partnership with? Do you guys have the developers on your team that do something like this? Where do, where do these numbers come from? Because they're all very great. I think one I saw in the, in the NFL draft one I saw today, yeah. I think it was um, will four quarterbacks or will three quarterbacks be taken in the first four picks of the NFL draft? I, I, three or four, I can't remember. And I think that's great because I think there's, you know, obviously I think there's at least two. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was just one. Like it's a, very, it's, it's a great way to go about it. So where do you guys actually find these numbers or where do you uh, acquire them?
1: Yeah, so um, we don't have a very specific relationship with any type of sports book or casino right now. If there's one that's actually listening here, it'd be great to connect with them. Who knows? Uh, we do work with a couple of different you know handicappers that feed our database with uh, with various different lines um, there's some uh, you know algorithms or AI that we're able to generate off of you know past performances and hey you know what you know the uh, importation of data the capturing of data and the organization of data is obviously a big part of our business modeling um, something that you know we spent a lot of time in building out you know behind the scenes in addition to the front-end interface um, so The data right now the way it's being captured it it literally comes from a variety of different uh, ways here there's some basic uh you know feeds that we tap into that gives us data it's being input manually by some of the handicappers that we actually work with and there's some you know small ai initiatives that are being run behind the scenes as well so a combination of those three separate things is where we're getting our data from
0: very cool yeah because again when i was looking some of it was really good and some of it i felt super confident in i can't remember uh, one of them was my ten, like right off the bat, and I was like all right yeah this is this is a no joke but i 'm sure again, as we were talking about before that 's how everyone thinks about their number ten pick, and i 'm confident not everybody gets it right so it 's just kind of funny uh how all of that works and I guess um how not without being like super super specific, how does the revenue work for you guys obviously you have to make money to stay in business so that people can keep playing this game um so what what, like what kind of revenue models are you guys working on currently again without you know being super super
1: yeah sure i i guess there's uh there's three main revenue lines that we're progressing with and pretty much continue to try and prove out on on a day-to-day basis so uh the first one is um i'm not sure if i said this but the game is a free-to-play game Mm -hmm. um so basically, uh, just for checking the game out, people get a handful of kind of like you know coins or credits uh, to play state games. You need these coins or these credits to enter into tournaments. Um, you get them pretty much just by signing up, and then there's other things that you can actually do within the platform to continue um, getting free credits. But hypothetically speaking, if you want to play in a 10 coin court, uh, tournament and you only have eight, you might want to spend 99 cents to get a bucket of coins to top mm-hmm. of the account so they can play the games that you want to get okay. into. So traditional e-commerce, you know, methods or um, the sale of digital mm-hmm. coins is, mm-hmm. is one revenue stream. Um, we also generate revenue through what we call kind of like, you know, content sponsorship programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with, you know, our partners and I guess our in-house team to create content that uh, kind of engages brands with casual sports fans. Um and basically, the catch of that is hey, you know what? With through the engagement that we generate, well, there's also data that we're capturing on the back end on behaviors, user profiling, so on and so forth, which we then leverage to promote a very specific met- message, product, or service. Um, so basically, e commerce, sale of digital coins, there's uh, some sponsored content elements to it as well. But if you take it a step further, um some of the partners we actually have hey you know what you know we can see that you played in six met games in the past two months we got a jersey for 25 percent off do you want to go ahead and buy it i'm not necessarily selling the product but i am partnering with mm-hmm. a potential affiliate to uh, to drive that sale that's so, uh, we position, awesome it's, it's a marketing system in where we're engaging casual sports fans we're giving them something fun to do and where they can actually win something and we feel that once you've kind of like, you know, taken a position of delivering value first and showing them a good experience and, you know, something that's interesting and cool, their receptiveness to take a look at your products, your services, your, your messaging and things like that basically spikes up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it's kind of like, you know, the system that we're positioning as a, as a revenue driver as opposed to, hey, you know what, we got a bunch of eyeballs and we're trying to sell you, you know, banner mm-hmm. advertisements and things like that. It's yeah. a little bit more towards it. Um, and then some of the other things that we'll move forward with are just basically white labeling and licensing opportunities, Mm -hmm. positioning the platform itself as a way for teams, leagues, brands to replace all references of statement games and utilize it as a way to engage and connect with casual uh, sports fans uh, directly.
0: Yeah. I mean, i if that was within the giants app or the Mets app, I would probably play around with it for fun, right? It's just something extra (laughs) to do. And again, an extra skin in the game. So, um, I, did I miss it? What exactly do you win? Did I miss that part?
1: Oh, I guess we should probably spend a little yeah. time reviewing that here. Yeah, so, what do we uh, win?
0: Come on, let's let know because I want people the, uh... to sign up for this.
1: <laughs> when you're playing the game, like I said, it's a free to play game, but you're competing for what we call statement games, coins, or platform credits. It's your job to capture as many of these different uh, credits or coins as you possibly can, either through the, the little bells and whistles that we have within the platform or through mainstream competition. When you've built up a nice little you know, bank account of coins, head over to the reward section. So within the reward section, we have about 85 different retailers that power the reward section. Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, Nike, Under Armour, Google Play cards, Apple cards, Chili's, Applebee's. You simply exchange your credits or your coins for what we call valued services, which are primarily just cash gift cards of your choice.
0: That's awesome. So if you're good at sports, you can then go to Chili's, and then drink beer because I, you were I'm good at sports. I'm basically
1: paying you to, to play a different form of fantasy sports.
0: Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I could do that. I think. <laughs> I, I assume I could do that. We'll actually see what happens.
1: But... Well, you gotta you gotta you gotta win. So yeah, exactly. And, uh, that's what I mean. Mind, the coins are rewarded to first, second, and third place. You got to finish mm-hmm. in the top three, and of course, you're you're playing in a league of as of right now eight to twelve people.
0: Okay. All right. So that, I mean that's twenty five over twenty five to plus percent payout. I mean, that's pretty
1: solid. Like I had said, yeah, I have had a hard time placing in some of the private tournaments that I play in behind the scenes with my family here, so
0: Well, you guys have been <laughs> playing this, I mean, you guys have been playing this game for like 25, 30 years my at this whipped, point,
1: you know, before when sports was kind of like you know running. But yeah, we we definitely played it. Uh the big driver for us or the big engagement driver for the salino family has always been that next year.
0: Yep, I love it. That is fantastic. Um that's really good stuff. And then so I got to ask, when can we do real money just out of curiosity
1: (laughs) curiosity. Well, Hey, you know what? If you got an extra 2 million bucks hanging around so that I could uh, raise seed capital um, it would definitely help me foot some of the uh, legal fees and (laughs) acquire some of the licenses that I can, can acquire and we can go from there. But uh, strategically the company's position is we want to for now continue proving our model and make it a free to play game. Uh, Our target market, our casual sports fans, we feel that the, Die hard sports fans or the sports gamblers are naturally going to gravitate towards a sports book. We feel that there's a market specifically for casual sports fans where, hey, you know what? These are the people who are only going into 7 Eleven and buying a lottery ticket if the jackpot's over 350 million bucks. Mm-hmm. So we feel that there's a market for that.
0: That's and a great uh, analogy, too. Thank you. That was awesome. That's a really good analogy.
1: <laughs> we feel that uh, instead of trying to navigate through all of the rules, regulations, legal and minutiae to I guess, acquire real money gaming licenses. Let's just build out our model and then either potentially partner with or acquire with somebody who's already done it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that makes sense. I'm, a, I'm just always curious, especially in the gamification space. I know a lot of companies, um, you know, I'm actually reading a book right now. It's called Billion Dollar Fantasy. You can't remember the name of the author, but it's about DraftKings, FanDuel, and Draft Street, and uh-huh. how like the three of them how they got started and just surprisingly all happened at the same time kind of thing and what they're doing. And in the beginning, I can't remember exactly which one, but it wasn't intended to be a, uh, cash game. And then someone, they were doing what you were doing, you know, talking to people, getting that feedback and, you know, just the story in the book, it was just, Hey, can I play this for money? And they're like, yeah, I guess. And we're like, all right, cool. I will play it for money. So I'm always just kind of curious on that spot. And, um, you know, kind of how you guys do it. So you, you're working with some, you know, some, some incredible developers to get that app ready. So it's out. I'm assuming everyone can go download that. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes for it as well as the website so people can go check out the game. Uh, I, again, I was playing it a little bit before. Unfortunately, the only game that i saw that i could play was the nfl draft that's why we're talking about it a little bit and you yeah, know it yeah. is it's the sign of the time so i guess you know didn't want to spend too too much time on this but out of curiosity what are you guys doing right now in this you know relative dead period of sports yeah. where where how are you creating this content what are you creating it about and how are you keeping people interested and engaged with the app even while again there's really not too too much going on
1: yeah so right now um The NFL draft tournament will be up until at least the 23rd of of April. So that gives us like, you know, a good 25 Mm -hmm. days of of runway. And hopefully um, there'll be some other announcements taking place within the sporting world on when some of these things could potentially come back online. But other than that, right now, from a daily perspective, unfortunately we're basically only able to run three other kind of like, you know, daily style tournaments on a weekly basis. And it's pretty much all centered around the WWA. So mm-hmm. Monday night, you have Monday Night Raw. Um, there's AEW uh, from a wrestling perspective that takes place on a Wednesday night. And then Friday night, you have SmackDown. Ironically, it's a, it's a pretty good time for us because we are running into WrestleMania, which has been a, a pretty big mm-hmm. driver, which will take place like over this weekend here. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to kind of you know, see what happens. As of right now, the, we got a couple of different ideas on some other things that we can run. As of right now, we have NFL draft-style tournaments, which I think is fairly unique. And from what I can actually see, we're the only ones who are doing something like that within mm-hmm. the industry. Um, and I can pretty much like say for the same thing about, about wrestling. Um, so, it again, is it ideal? No, but at least there is something for our base to do if they want to do it almost on a daily basis.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there's always something to do, which is kind of nice. Again, that's all we're looking for at this point. I mean, I... Yeah. Uh, this this is going to come out after uh, Wrestlemania um, does air but I mean there's an actual chance that I buy that like there is a <laughs> legitimate chance that I get Wrestlemania <laughs> and for pay some. for it just for something I need something in my life I've been watching old College football games. I've been watching old Mets games. Um, I've already watched the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl like four times <laughs> I, I, in the last. Two I think weeks. I saw
1: that too. Yeah, like
0: I'm cool with it. I'll keep watching it. That's that's a good one. I watch it every single year. Um, both of them. But uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Where I just need something in my life at this point, and mm-hmm. you're just able to give that through just an extra avenue, which I think is great.
1: And that's why we, not that we envision something like this kind of like, you know, happening, but that's really why we spent a lot of time on the IP side of things here before we even deployed statement games, because there's no reason why I can't transition this type of game into reality TV. Uh, So-and-so will be kicked off before so-and-so on this episode of The Voice or whatever it is it may be. So there's a lot of different directions and uh, we can get very creative with the product itself and like I said before here, I can't stress enough for, it's just the game.
0: You know? mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. And yeah. and are you guys Amazing looking
0: are you guys yep. looking to do stuff like that? Especially, you know, with this layoff, I mean, uh, the president just came down as of, again, as of recording, I think yesterday, the day before, and so we got at least another 30 days of this. Um, yeah. I assume it's probably going to go a little bit longer than that. So at what point do you guys just say, all right, yeah, do you guys know anything about The Bachelor? Well, let's start throwing some <laughs> stuff down. Like, let's see what uh, happens. It, we're
1: getting close to potentially looking at, at something like that here, but getting back to one of your early points here, kind of like finding content, like who's setting lines on The Bachelor?
0: Mm-hmm. It's um, there. I don't know where, but I'm I'm confident the internet uh, has if, it.
1: If you got an idea on where to find it, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> that's really kind of like the only kind of like you know driver that's holding me back. here. I can text, like I just got a text this morning. Hey, look, they're they're running Formula One races. Can 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 you do something kind of like you know with that? Um, I guess there's a couple of other. I'd have to take a look at it. There's some other racing events that are taking place that we can tap into. Although there's no spectators or fans and things like that here, their horse racing is is still running, but. I'm not sure how many people or if the mm-hmm. base that we've been able to acquire is really that savvy on, you know, what horse yeah. is going to do with the seventh at aqueduct. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll have to see what
0: happens. No, I, I totally agree. And again, you know, as, as you were saying before, and, and why I said, I really love the analogy. It's you're going after people that when they see the mega millions, is at 350 million? They're going to buy that. the
1: perfect example. I don't mm-hmm. buy lottery tickets, but guess what? If I got a $5 bill and I just bought my 16 ounce cup of, green tea i got a couple bucks left over i look up at that sign here and it's that says 350 million I'm, I'm going for it you know
0: exactly exactly and i think again that's that's it does lead to all right again with like FanDuel and draft kings we know the type of people that are there i'm one of them and it's mm-hmm. cool there's nothing yep. wrong with it but i'm playing because i need something to play right and the, the, <laughs> your fan base clearly is not that's not the fan base you're going after and i really like that you guys are sticking to the demographic um I'm sure the casual fan will start to itch soon as well, so you might be able to jump into yeah. what will the seventh worth do at Aqueduct. But again, I just think it, it makes sense where you're sticking to your guns, and I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there's a there's a lot of deals that were taking place in the space prior to this this whole you know uh, thing coming about, whether it be with, uh, um, I guess the big one was what Barstool and, and Penn National Gaming, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. look, you know, those guys are going to do a great job in you know making their audience aware of the sports gaming opportunities that are available through like pen diehard sports fans and your diehard gamblers are going to grab it to it automatically but the argument that i've actually made whether it be to a media company or the gaming company itself is here what are you doing to convert the casual fan into your product or your service here and i view my product as something that could potentially do that Hey, I understand over on the prop picks here. I'm just not ready to fund an account with 250 bucks or whatever it is that they're asking me to do. Mm-hmm. But all right, you know, if I can get my feet wet with something like this, play for free, play for fun, maybe win a couple of different Dunkin' Donuts cards, who knows what it is here. All right, well, now I'm ready to take that next uh, that step up here because there is an educational process that the casual fan will have to go through before they start becoming comfortable with, uh, overrun the prop betting. Mm-hmm. And I guess the analogy that I draw for that is, I mean, how many of the people that you know within your circle are comfortable with making a, you know, a $5 exact bet in the seventh, kind of like, you know, at Belmont. Uh, there's a little bit of an educational process that you have to walk people through. And it's one of the you know main reasons as to why uh, the horse racing industry is only popular on a certain set number, number of days.
0: Mm-hmm yeah absolutely i'll put my well i would have put my bet in for the kentucky derby in a couple weeks um not knowing anything <laughs> yeah. just pretty much looking yeah. at the internet and just because again you throw five dollars on something you're not gonna win that much but man it's cool if you can just root for something just to, again like uh, it's just so much more fun if you got you're a, a casual
1: horse racing So very very casual you draw the same analogy to yep. you know the sports industry kind of like you know as well how many people do you hear i you know what i love the yankees and the mets here but I, I just don't bet okay well Here's you're still something to do compete. yeah Pete you're still playing mound ball when you're out kind of like at the stadium or past the cup or whatever it is because it's something to do and it's and, and, and it's there so that's kind of like the market and the demographic that we're going after.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it, man. And I think again, I think the product's really cool. I think what you guys have been able to do with it, I, I just love the fact that it's just a family game. Like how when you when you're told your parents and your family members, you're like, guys, I think I'm gonna do this. Were they <laughs> were they all about it? Did they all throw money at you because they loved it so much? How how did that work out?
1: <laughs> hey, just like everybody else here, you have uh, you have your groups. There's certain groups that think you're you know nuts because you're walking away from a pretty lucrative corporate job to, to start you know this game that you started with your family and then there's other people who don't necessarily understand the whole complexity behind the business model that you're going after but they love it and they're extremely supportive and uh, i'm eternally grateful for
0: and so one thing i always like to touch upon in these um is you know obviously we went into how you kind of broke into the sports industry but the mindset that you've utilized this whole time obviously starting a company uh, starting something that is known but the way you're doing it is definitely new so there's always going to be that pushback just because people hate change and people hate new things until they get used to them like what what has your mindset been throughout this whole thing to make sure that yeah this will be successful this is how i'm going to make it successful and then this is how i'm going to get to partner with the mets and the yankees or and the giants and and the jets and be able to do all the things i've always wanted to do
1: yeah sure so uh, i guess my mindset from a personal perspective is I've ever since I realized that, hey, you know what? Uh, whether it be Brian Cashman or Jeff Gordon, the GM of the Rangers, or Dolan, or none of those guys calling you, kind of like you know, offering you a contract to play center field for the Yankees, it's just it's just not going to happen. Hmm. So once I kind of like realized that ship had sailed, I've always been, I guess, one with a mindset of where I've always wanted to do something kind of like you know special. And the question becomes, well, how do you do that? Well, in order to do that, you, you got to help somebody else out whether it's a better way of, of skinning a cat or providing them with a solution or a service that helps them achieve like their goals here so I said hey you know what um, with my experience and the partners that I've worked with in my corporate career and things like that here you know data is very important every business needs leads kind of like you know opportunities well how can you actually do that in a very fun kind of like in you know, a creative way which and then also to it back to your, your personal ambitions which is Want to do something kind of like a real, really special. When I talk about something special it's to the point where, you know, you can actually spend a, a big significant part of your time, either helping other people out or other family members out and not have to worry about the notion of, I got to get up and I can't do this because I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was uh, the mindset that I've had and how I continue to push forward with the, uh, with the ambition and the uh, continued development of the product and the service.
0: I love it. And you're going to keep going. And I think it's again, I think just, I really like the story. Um, I like the product. And and you know, hopefully when everything comes back, <laughs> it'll you. all be nice and easy for you. Um, I guess the last question I have, uh, maybe second to last question, not totally sure. How are you going out and acquiring users? Because obviously, you need okay. people to play the game. So you're, you're donating some of your time to hang out with me here and tell some people about it. So I do appreciate that. But like, what, what have you guys done? What have you seen to be super successful again? And when the world was spinning on its axis correctly, what, um, what did you guys see to be successful in bringing a lot of people in to check out and and just try and start to love the product?
1: Well, I, I guess there's two different routes you kind of like, you don't know, have to take here from a traditional standpoint. You, you just really need to figure out what your cost per acquisition is. So um, I did some traditional things, whether it be Facebook ads, as well as a Google search, just to get a bench line or the understanding of what we do. But for the most part, how we're acquiring market share is, uh, networking, and aligning ourselves with with influencers who have the opportunity to get the message out. And the way that we do that, and you've probably seen it before, and the story that I like to tell around that is people like competing for free stuff. I've been to enough games at Madison Square Garden or Yankee Stadium where they trot some 16-year-old girl out to center field or center court or whatever it is. Uh, she reaches into a bag, takes out a T-shirt, sticks it into a gun, shoots it into the crowd. Next thing you know, you got two. Middle-aged men like myself yeah, fighting yep. over a $10 t-shirt. Yep. Well, it's that same kind of like, you know, concept here. I, I buy assets that are what we call evaluated services, whether it be t-shirts, jerseys, books, whatever it is it may be, and you work with the influencer and getting the message out, not, hey, come out and play statement games. It's, hey, we are giving this away. We would like to kind of like you know give this away. And then once you start kind of like, you know, seeing the engagement, it's, look, you know what, we're giving it away, but you, you got to compete for it. And this is how you compete for it. We point out very specific games and statement games. We put them to an instructional video of how they actually play. And we give them an opportunity to compete for something a little bit more than just statement games, coins, all in an effort to bring them into the funnel first, engage them, and give them an opportunity to uh, give us feedback on what they like, don't like, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, and so I think influence that points- is,
1: a big, is a big part of mm-hmm. how we're getting the, uh, the word out right now. And doing things like this, it it helps.
0: Hey, man, anything to help. I always, uh, anything to help a fellow Giants fan. Now the Yankees side of you, you. thankfully it's not baseball (laughs) season right now. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hold off on that part. But no, man, I think, again, I think the product's cool. And I think that's a really good way of going about it. Bringing people who, again the casual sports fans people that have a solid following and get them to help their fans understand because again it's free it's easy it's this isn't going to cost you a single dollar to to start playing and enjoying and if you're relatively good at it like we all know we are right we all think we're going to be incredible at this unfortunately that's not how it works um but getting people to play and engage and again like if i'm not mistaken you can kind of create like family teams right like so it could just be you and all you're like the whole family just playing against each other you know eight to ten of you guys and you're just kind of playing with your friends and your family. Like, how how much better does it get than
1: that? And that's kind of like, you know, the, the, uh, the big part of the, uh, the process as well is making sure that you have a semi decent, which I feel that we actually do, but I'm always looking for feedback on it, you know, a referral program and things like that, where you can earn additional, you know, coins and things like that that can be exchanged for credits, but giving people the ability to create their own private tournaments. There's definitely more private tournaments that are being created within our system than they are. Uh, kind of like you know, from our traditional lobby. Now, I'm not naive to think that there's probably something, there's something probably a little bit more going on behind the scenes than them just competing for virtual coins. But hey, you know what, if you're playing for cash on the back end, that's got nothing to do with me. God bless you, go do whatever you want
0: we're going to leave it at that man I just want that one to sink in for everybody just in case uh, you know maybe rewind 30 seconds and, and uh, enjoy that one, one more time so Mark man I think we touched upon everything is there anything that we missed on
1: hey, no, I, I, hey uh, I think we I did think pretty we good I think we did touch upon a lot of stuff here uh, yeah. any other questions comments that come up feel free to ping me at any time I really 100%. appreciate the, uh, the chance to be on your show if there's anything yeah. else that I can do to help out the show let me know
0: Hey man, just share it. I want people to hear about your story a little bit more. because uh, I think it's pretty interesting again, like just the family aspect of it and what you're doing and how you're doing it. I think is really important for people to understand. Because with with sports gambling becoming much more popular over the last couple of years. So I'm here in New Jersey, you being in New York, I'm sure you hear hear a lot about it. And and just how quickly, you know, just at the snap of some fingers from these, you know, old people that you know wear robes, all of a sudden now sports gambling's fine. It's been around for however long. As you said, in Europe, it's just it's kind of just like, Oh, you're at a bar. Shoot. Okay. Let's bet on some games, like whatever. And now, now it's capable, but it's nice to know that there's also like, I'm not, I bet, but I'm not like huge. I'm not spending my days and all my times trying to figure out, you know, where can that half a point come from? Um, so this casual aspect of it to give people something else to do and just, again, have something else. The fact that you can play with your family and everything, I think that that part is, is, uh, is fantastic. So, Mark, this was wonderful. Mark Solino, CEO of Statement Games. Everything will be in the show notes. Link to the apps, link to the website, all of his contact information if anyone wants to reach out. So, Mark, really appreciate your time today, man.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good day. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode with Mark Salino. As I said, super cool dude, doing a lot of really interesting things. So I'm very grateful for him to come on, spend some of his time. Please make sure to check out the show notes. That way you can check out the game, the social medias, and everything about it. Again, it should be fun. There's some draft stuff up right now, so definitely make sure to, to, to latch on to that. Give us something, anything, literally, please, anything. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much. Time's the only thing we'll, we don't get more of, so I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.